going on everybody you are listening to the let's go buffalo podcast your favorite podcast for all things bills and sabers with the pals myself tom and dana what's going on boys we got 20 coming at you today two two zero two zero that's wild that's great Look at us. We stuck to something. Look at us. Uh, <laughs> reminder to everybody, if, you, if you're listening, follow along on our social media accounts on Instagram and X. It's at Let's Go Buff Pod. That is Buff with two Fs. Let's say hey to the fellas. We're one down today. Nigel is under the weather today. Hope you feel better soon, buddy. Uh, but stepping in is Dana. Dana, how you doing today, man? Oh, I'm doing beautifully. I'm still getting this coffee to work through my system, but uh, I'm super happy to be here. And I just also wanted to say thanks so much last time for letting me come on and uh, talk Bills and Sabres with you guys. So this hang is always awesome and glad to be back. Yeah, man, we had a blast. Good to, good to have you back on. Tom, how are you doing this morning? I am great. Yeah, another morning pod. This is becoming a little bit of a tradition. Maybe we're going to have like uh, let's go buff pod after dark and like, you know, before caffeine, maybe that'll be the two different, <laughs> the two different renditions of it, you know, <laughs> well, please everybody bear with, with us, me in particular, cause this is the pre caffeine version of the show. <laughs> we just, we just get faster and faster as we, uh, as we go progress through the show everybody starts picking up speed. I like, it. I like it. that's that's yeah, your job um, to speed up the audio with the Benny Healthy music behind it. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, uh, Nigel, I know you're going to listen to this eventually, so we're we're sending you a big hug. We'll send you any kind of immune system. Um, hope you can install it <laughs> and stay healthy. But uh, we'll get we'll get Nigel back here soon. Um, getting ready for the holidays. He's just he's re- getting prepped. Yes, sir. So, like we said, no beer corner today because we're not alcoholics. It is nine in the morning, so <laughs> we'll we'll sip our coffee and and dive right into it. I think gladly, gladly. So, boys, we've we've had a bit of a roller coaster that we've been riding lately with with the Sabers. I know, Tom, you've been you've been watching some highlights. What have you been thinking? What, Man, the, it's been. It's been fun to see. Like, okay, wait a second. We went on the road going into last week. At the end of last week's pod. It looked, I mean, it looked kind of bleak, right? It was like, oh man, we're going into a tough, a tough set of sledding here. Of we, these are gonna be some tough matchups. We're on the road, and it seemed like the the Sabers came away with almost the best possible scenario, right? We got majority of the points that they could have on on this last week or so, right? Um, yeah. And and I think especially in a tough spot part of the part of the schedule, I think that's a big deal, um, especially for a team who needs to kind of get their butts in gear and start making a move to get into playoff contention. Um, I thought that was really cool to see. I um particular, I was watching last night's game against the Vegas Knights and um, it just was, it was kind of crazy because it was quiet. It was quiet back and forth. And then the third quarter explosion was wild. <laughs> yeah. It erupted back there for sure. Uh, that's, that's the way it goes sometimes. Just, just when you break through, you break through. It's periods, Tom. In hockey, it's periods. Even I know that. 
Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. But yeah, five two win last night. Uh, they yeah hung on to win. Uh, outplayed Vegas. I, I wasn't able to watch fully, unfortunately. But uh, great to see them come away with a win on the road in Vegas. That was a game that that Nigel and I threw around the other day. Of, uh, hold on, hold on to your butts. Let's see if we can even look competitive in this one. Right. So, um, but yeah, like you said, uh, a couple of games since the last pod. They won against Boston. Again, one of the better teams in the league. They came, uh, hosted Montreal and lost in a shootout, but still collect a point. Uh, and then you play Arizona, win 5-2, lost to Colorado 5-1. That was an ugly game. Uh, we, we were texting a little bit after that one about the struggles on ice uh, that we were seeing from that one. But then follow it up with a nice win uh, on the road in Vegas. 5-2. So that's, what is that, 6-7? Six, seven, 7 points out of a possible 10 for the last 5 games. You take that over a 5-game stretch any day of the week. Um, that's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. Question about that Colorado game. Was it another case of the boys just not looking like they're ready to play? Yeah. Because we've we, that's, that's that's happened quite a bit this season, right? Whenever it's like, okay, man, we're getting, we're getting it to the face, it's usually because, like, we're not ready to play. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's exactly what it was. Uh, they let up an early goal. Miko Rantanen wrap, wraps it around and tucks it in. Five minutes into the game, uh, that building goes goes bananas, and then they just pile on. They were they were down three goals within the first twelve minutes of the game, and you, you can you could pretty much write the rest of the game off after that. Um, it, it, it was ugly. Uh, the other fun stat is that it was three nothing Colorado on the scoreboard. On the shot clock, it was the the Sabers were getting shut out shot wise. They had zero shots on goal through the first <laughs> like fourteen minutes of play or something like that. Um, just just you can't do that against Colorado. They're going to make you pay, and they absolutely did. I feel like you can't um, do that against anyone, right? Like, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, de- de- definitely not. <laughs> you need to be making attempts to make points to score that's, points. That's that's a good point. Yeah, it's it was it was bleak. I I. Uh, I couldn't watch that one, unfortunately, but I was just following along on my phone, and uh, I was, I was kind of thankful that I didn't stay up late to watch that one. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're currently currently sixth in the division, 13, 15, and 3 is their record, and they are, I, last week, I said they were how many points out of a playoff spot? Six. Today, after saying that they went on a nice little run, got seven of 10 points, they are currently five points out of a playoff spot. It is so goddamn hard to make up ground and pass teams in this league. Uh, you you got to keep, keep, keep outplaying everybody through the end of the year. And that's hard to do over such a long stretch, but it's not impossible, but we'll see if the boys can dig themselves out. They have another chance to do so this evening, Saturday against Arizona in Arizona. Uh, another tough matchup. They, they beat them just a few nights ago, but, it's a, it's a good team. It's going to be tough to beat twice in a row. Uh, then Tuesday, the Sabres host Columbus at home. Uh, Thursday, they host their Canadian rivals, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and then close out the pre-Christmas slate by traveling to MSG to take on the Rangers. So we'll see where the road lies ahead. Any any questions from you boys? What, what have you been noticing or liking or curious about in the, the Sabres world? Yeah, I had a... A couple questions. The first one is, 
Um, I know maybe a week or so ago, the Sabres had played a considerable number more games than um, a lot of the other teams in their division, or maybe it was just conference, but has that started evening out? Uh, yes and no. Um, it's that six game differential that we talked about between Ottawa and Buffalo is still there, but, uh, you know, other teams around the league have played a similar amount of games. It's not, it's not uncommon for a team to have played a couple more, a couple less, uh, it just, just evens out the schedule in other parts of the year and gotcha. everybody gets ground into the ground, uh, by the schedule at some point. So, so does yeah. it, does that mean if the Sabres have played more games than, you know, the other people, the other teams in front of them in the standings, that means that the Sabres are actually even further back than it looks. Exactly. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Yeah. They got, they have an uphill battle for sure. I'll hold my next question. Maybe you want to go, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have been seeing quite a bit and it was really fun watching um, last in last night's game in particular, Zach Benson, just like, <laughs> He's, he's looking legit. And it's like I kind of – because the way you guys always talk about young players coming into the league and needing to play, hey, can you play up to league speed? Can you play with these, you know, professionals? And not that okay, – let me rephrase that. Like, can you play in the league, right? And at some point, is I was kind of waiting for that shoe to drop for him of, hey, man, that rookie that look rookie look is going to show up. But it, it doesn't really seem to be happening too often for Zach. Like, is 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 that what you're seeing too? Yeah, dude, I think that's a great point. And the hundred percent, he's. I mean, he's he's eighteen. <clears throat> he's not turning nineteen until after the season. So that's insane. Yeah, <laughs> it's just what a guy. Children out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, he's a little baby boy. <laughs> he gets what he wants for Christmas. I bet he will. Yeah. <laughs> But he's he yeah you're right he's he's looked better and better as the season's gone on and that's it's it's great to see he the the numbers earlier on were were I mean he's he's 18 years old right he's not he's not putting up crazy numbers but the the scoring stats have started to come he's looked more confident he's he's a dog on the puck dude he he just has a nose for it like that that goal that he. Last night, picked off a pass in the neutral zone and and fed Alex Tuck for a, a phenomenal goal. I think it was the the tying goal. Um, but yeah, he's he's just tenacious. He's he's a he's got a motor. He's uh, he's going to be a pest to play against for a long time. It's and, it's shocking that he fell to where he did in the draft. And he's not done growing, right? Would would a little bit of you know okay if he grows an inch or two or and then puts on a little bit more muscle, like will that help his game? It could. Uh, I guess it, it depends. I mean, it depends like how you put it on and, and what your strength and other facets of your game are. I mean, because because a lot of he, he's a speedy guy. So if you, you bulk up a bit more, you, you throw a rhinoceros on skates, they're not going to be a very good skater. You know? so, <laughs> uh, are you calling him a rhinoceros? No, 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 no. Far from it. Far from it. What I'm trying to say is like he's a he's a smaller guy. He's a smaller guy. Right. And so his. Uh, yeah, but bulking up a little bit. He's 18 years like old. Putting Tom on skates anyway. versus Zach Benson on skates. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a that's a better comparison. <laughs> all, all I was trying to say is that there have been some guys in the league that talk about in the off season how they were really looking to bulk up and like get stronger, and then they come in and the the skating suffers because of it, and they're just slow. Yeah, yeah it's a fast league. You got to be able to skate. Right. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, hey, it's question. been fun to see. Oh, he's uh he's getting closer and closer to being the the the, the t-shirt jersey i'm gonna get so yeah oh dude yeah it's a it's a good choice it's a good choice the other one you could consider is our our young friend devin levi who's looked incredible since getting called up uh that's true a week or so ago the jedi the jedi yeah that two game stretch in rochester uh looks like it gave him a little bit of a pissed off attitude and came back and and has stormed the net he's he's 3-0 and 1 in the starts that he's had since getting called back up uh he's he's 941 save percentage and there's a stat called goals goals saved above expected uh basically taking the the probability that a certain shot will or will not be a goal from zero to one and then taking every shot that he's faced in aggregate and that's that's your how many did he save above what he was expected to save? And so sure. he's five and three quarter goals above expected. That's a, like, it, it, it doesn't, it's a stat that kind of creeps up slowly. Like five, 5.7 goals saved above expected is a big amount, uh, especially in four games. So he's, he's been yeah. keeping the team in games and look, I mean, they, they need, they need the help right now to get back into the race. So um, yeah, we'll see, but yeah credit to Levi for looking looking the part as he came back up. That's awesome. Sweet. That, that's actually going to be my next question was uh, how does the whole goalie rotation look between the two of them? Uh, well, there's, there's, there's three right or now. Or three of them. Eric right. Comrie. So right right now, I think Devin Levi is kind of the guy you ride. And, and I think that's kind of what their plan will be is to ride the hot hand. Um, Devin Levi... UPL, I think those two have looked better than Comrie. I don't think Comrie's looked awful, but these he's had a couple stinker games for sure. But uh, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's one injury, one bad game away from a different look. So you never really know. It, it cycles throughout the year. But right now, I, I'm riding Devin Levi for sure. Great, good to see from the youngster. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, that's Sabres land. Unless you guys had anything else that you wanted to bring up, I think we should uh, move on to Arrowhead. Works for me. Yeah. The uh, last week, Sunday, the Bills, 4 o'clock game, took down the Chiefs 20-17 to in Arrowhead. 3-0 and against uh, Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead, by the way. No, no team has ever done that. <laughs> Just saying. Um, and yeah, it was quite the game. A lot to talk about. And I think we should start at the top with the scandal. Bum, bum, bum. How fun was it to be on the other receiving end of a, uh, of a billsiest bills kind of play where something was turned around and should have gone the other way, but it was a stupid mistake. And we actually got the benefit. That was pretty fun. It was unbelievable. I couldn't, I just couldn't believe my eyes when I saw it. (laughs) It it was a nice play that got uh, scrapped, but oh, it was, it was greatness! I think you should you should call it greatness, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Tra- <laughs> Travis Kelsey. I have a question. If he if let's say the play counted, would that have counted yeah. as a passing touchdown, or does does that only mean like passing is a forward pass? What is a lateral considered? Correct. A lateral is considered a handoff. I'm pretty sure. Yep, really. If it's oh. if it's behind, and yeah, he couldn't pass it forward, like passing passing it forward would be illegal, and that would be. So he has once he has the ball and it's left the quarterback's hands or the person the thrower's hand, I suppose, because I guess you know somebody else could throw it from behind the line of scrimmage. Um, it it then has to be laterals. 
Um, yeah, it was a wild play. It was very cool. But I think the reaction was embarrassing for Patrick Mahomes. I oh thought that God. was I, – I do – I have to give him – I'm going to give him – I'm going to walk that back a little bit because he has made some comments in other interviews this week where he apologized and said, hey, man, like I shouldn't act like that. That's not acceptable. I apologized to Josh. I should not – I walked up to Josh and complained and, and you know moaned like I did. So he did walk it back. I'll give him that. But in the moment, man, he looked like a crybaby as crybabies get. You know, like it was honestly embarrassing. Um, if Stefan Diggs did, did that on uh, on the sideline, like people would would light the pitchforks and go after him. Like I, I just, I know he's the poster boy of the NFL, but man, that wasn't a good look. So, no, you're more forgiving than me, Tom. I think you saw the real Patrick Williams on the on the broadcast, and then you saw the. The Chiefs PR person speaking through a Patrick Mahomes sized human uh, during the the aftermath. That's <laughs> that's that's just my two cents. <laughs> no, no, I'm there with you. Like I don't, I think yeah, you think you're right. That's what he truly felt. It's just uh, I, I do appreciate that he went and apologized. You know, there's players yeah. who wouldn't have. Fair um, enough. So I think that was a, 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 a he walked it back, but it was hey that yeah true colors showed out. But anyway, um, let me just interject. Or- if you yeah, don't mind in the moment yeah. uh, watching it, it to me, well, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, uh, as a NFL player, he's sort of gotten used to winning a lot. And, um, <laughs> it, it felt yep. in the moment that he was like, wait, this can't happen. What is going on? Like I, we <laughs> made the play. I made the pass, you know, Kelsey's made this unbelievable play, play and it should be a touchdown. What's going on. This is rigged or whatever. But, in reality, you know, the refing is so unbelievably inconsistent um, when they finally do call a penalty that is actually legit. Players at times are confused. And I think that <laughs> that just adds to another whole problem with the entire officiating of the NFL. So which maybe we can get into later. But um, to me, witnessing it at the time, it just felt like a very entitled sort of um, response from him. Oh, absolutely. What are your, I mean, no, let's, let's go into it now. We can, we can pump back into kind of the bills um, recap and go into the Cowboys next. But um, I agree that it's been, it's incredibly inconsistent and that's the frustrating part. It's and and it goes, we can see in one, a single week, multiple examples of the very similar plays being officiated in completely two different ways. And I don't, for the amount of money and the amount of spectacle that the NFL gets, it seems unacceptable for this amount of disparity to be there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you see the inconsistency and the level that it's gotten to, like even with the whole we nobody knows what a catch is anymore and now we have this uh outside operating system in new york that's going to just decide what a catch is on a on a play-to-play basis uh i feel like regular fans like myself could easily fall into some weird thinking you know thought processes about that um uh, especially considering the nfl is a business um but the thing that's that's very weird um, and often could be exploitable is if it's not called consistently or certain penalties are called at certain times or moments in the game and then 
not in other times, and then the players and coaches know that, you you start to need to develop a different strategy based on what the situation is in the game, what time it is in the game, and what yeah. you can either get called for or get away with at the time. 100%. Yeah, showed up in the Super Bowl last year with Patrick Mahomes there, right? Like the holding call with 30 seconds left or something. I forgot the details, but... Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And and honestly, like, do you blame? I don't blame the players either. You play within the rules that are given to you. And if the rules start to look like they're bendable, go bend them, right? Yeah. Right. Why not? Like, go yeah. bend as many rules as you can until you're told, hey, you broke the rule, and now you're getting a penalty, right? If like, you, if I, you're I not cheating. You're not trying. It's, exactly. it's a professional league. Yeah, you do anything to get a leg up. Right. Yeah. Right. Because it's it's a week to week league, and you need every bit of luck and help that you can get. But it's it's incredibly frustrating just to see it inconsistent. Yeah. I mean, I'll give it. I'll give the NFL officiating crew some credit in that you know it's never an easy. Well, it's not often an easy call. Um, it's just so funny when it is blatantly, you know, a penalty there's still backlash because of the inconsistency right. of the of actually the uh, official right. calling it and if if you know the three of us in our <laughs> you know uh and, and we can tell if, if something's a penalty or not at home it just is so frustrating when it's like it's clearly not called on the field you know like i'm sitting on my couch and i can see it it's like that's it's it's frustrating and i'm and especially with the many fans across the uh, across the NFL can see that like that's an issue yeah I mean the you know camera angles and the you know the fake blue lines that they put on the field for the first down line and the you know uh line of scrimmage those aren't obviously like set in stone sometimes they can glitch out you know a yard not a full yard but maybe a half a yard in either direction but you know, when you look from different angles after the fact, and um, I guess there are reviews of of calls, and sometimes you do hear the NFL officiating staff walk back on specific calls. Yep. But I just feel like it, it needs to be officiated better and more consistently at the time. Or, you know, this is just going to continue to be a talking point. Yeah. It is, and I think it's going to. I don't think it's going to be fixed. Um, honestly, I, I, I think it's. I think they will continue to kind of just walk down the path they're on, because they're making, they're printing more money every day. Like they're yeah. they're just making more money. There's not exactly a large incentive for them not to. So, anyway, before we go too far down that um, rabbit hole, let's stop me. Hold me back. <laughs> let's talk about that chiefs game um let's start with just things we liked um just off the top of your head um either you want to jump in and what what was something you you liked and was uh you're feeling good about coming out of that chiefs game oh, Jake, god it feels, it feels so long ago if i'm being honest it does <laughs> um i i well i if i can cheat and pick the low-hanging fruit i thought josh looked really good uh josh allen played really well all all night um and another another performance where he kind of put the team on his back like he he needs to to get him into the playoffs so yeah i was happy with that what, what did you did am I, did I miss anything what, what did you guys think of of his evening yeah i thought josh looked great uh for the most part 
Um, if I can look at the defense a little bit, I thought actually Sean McDermott uh, in the past couple games before this had started to show some tendencies, especially late in games in, in uh, clutch situations where the Bills kind of were leaning on the defense to make a stop to win the game, um, which I think McDermott sort of, he's just sort of built that way. He's a defensive coach. He's going to put his faith a little bit more in the defense, it seems, uh, as he's shown us time and time again, which is crazy because we have one of the best quarterbacks and offense in the league, but I digress. Right. <laughs> um, but with this game, uh, game on the line, uh, fourth quarter, clutch scenarios, Mahomes is driving down the field and um, it gets to be after that, that play it gets to be third down and McDermott usually sends the heat. He sends a zero blitz and is hoping that somebody's going to get there and affect the quarterback. And uh, he broke his tendencies and, and on both third and fourth down, he played heavy coverage, zone coverage, and uh, the front four of our defenders were able to affect him enough to um, work with the backfield and cause incompletions. So I, I was really psyched about that. Yeah, that was sick. Both those plays. It was uh, the third down one. Well, first they had the the big debacle. Then they had another holding call. So they backed, they backed the Chiefs up again. Still third down, but it's third and long. Um, Ed Oliver gets his big old paw up and bats a, a pass down. Love that. Let's go, Ed. And then uh, fourth um, fourth down, uh, Von Miller, of all people, got some pressure and forced Patrick Mahomes into a throw that he wasn't quite ready for, and the pass fell incomplete. That was huge. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. To circle back to J um, Jake talking about Josh, um, I, I agree, dude. I think he um, Josh was playing his backyard football all night. Right. Like, unfortunately, there that huge debacle was kind of overshadowing everything that happened on this game. But otherwise, that little uh, falling into the sideline throw that uh, Josh made yeah. to Latavius Murray to get needed third and long. It was like 39 in the fourth quarter. Otherwise, we were going to punt this ball back to um, Patrick Mahomes and give him a lot of time. And Josh. Pull, like pulls a, a rabbit out of his hat and magically gets this ball to Latavius Murray. I, I think I got to find the stat, but he was like less than a foot or, or, or into the sideline. Like, yeah, I, I saw flat. that. And it was the, it was the closest pass completed closest to the sideline pass completed since like 2018 or something like that. And yeah, in that time frame. Or maybe not in that time frame, but there was there was some stat where like the entire NFL had one pass that close to the sideline, but Josh has five or something like that. Yeah, like yeah. he just, just, I love it. Like he gets he gets he put like if he's in danger, he he he's a rover. He moves around and tries to make something happen when he gets close to being out of bounds, rather than take the the loss or. And he was going left. You know what I mean? A lot of those times he's going to his right, which is he's so dangerous rolling to his right. That's the times where we got the Dawson Knox touchdown in the Patriots um, playoff game, right? All these different things where he's he's going to the right. He did it to the left, too, which is as a right-handed athlete. Like, that's incredibly difficult to do. And thank God. I mean, then Murray. Then there was a whole Murray. Like, you know, he fumbles it and it falls out of, goes out of bounds. And that was a whole thing, too. But just the Josh's play was un-freaking-believable. Un was that was that the same play? 
Yes, that was okay. all the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, bl- I blacked out. I blacked out when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention distress no, no. was high. Yeah, <laughs> not to mention that may not have been a catch, but a we catch. won't talk about that. Right. We go back to <laughs> hey, what's a catch? I don't know. We don't, don't know. Nobody. Knows. I don't know. I've watched football for most of my life, and I have no idea. If you told me, <laughs> you showed me ten pictures of catches, I probably would wouldn't know. Yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> Things roll our way sometimes. This is the game of luck, right? There is their luck is involved. Well, it doesn't take um, away from Josh's insane greatness in those moments. No. It's just unbelievable. No. He's he's bat guano crazy, and sometimes <laughs> he makes dumb interceptions, and sometimes that happens, and it's just yeah. unbelievable. Right. You have to take the good with the bad. I think that's our next sticker idea is Josh Allen, Bat Guano Crazy. That's it. Yeah, I like that's that. It. I like that. <laughs> that's the next no. sticker. Because, no. uh, uh, he, again, he had another crazy play. Fourth and one, 13, 13 minutes, 20 seconds into the second quarter. Broken down play, and he had this little sidearm throw to Kincaid around the defender. Oh, and so Kin- beautiful. Kincaid did – I mean, God bless Kincaid. This guy is going to be amazing. And he re- he had a crazy catch. It was a good throw, but it was also a really good catch. He fully extended, got the fourth got the fourth down conversion, and I believe we got points after that. So, because it was deep into the um, the Chiefs um, the Chiefs uh, end of the field, and that was a huge yeah. Um, the only silly thing that Josh had, did that that um, um, that game I was going to say last night. It's not. <laughs> oh my gosh, that game. Was uh, that um, that little interception he threw um, towards the beginning, uh, end of the first half? It's like we're up fourteen points. You don't need to put the ball in harm's way and give the ball at a shortened field to the Chiefs, the Patrick Mahomes of all people. They did go and score. They got points off of that. Um, either take the sack and that's punted away. Try and rush for a couple of yards, like just tuck it and run. Like the, the throwing that interception was just a silly, a silly move, but. You know, like we said, we got to take the good with the bad. But otherwise, he played out of his mind um, in that game. Yeah. It looks um, like he's building some really nice synergy with this new offensive uh, play caller. So it's it's just awesome to see. Yeah. And this is the time. Let, let's go get creative. Let's get a little wild. Um, thankfully, we're in a spot in this season where, like, we're seven and six. We need some things to go our way. And we have a... It's like having a when you're rolling dice and you can actually actually have like extra sides of you know you need a six, but Josh Allen puts extra sixes on that dice. You know like he can <laughs> he'll roll the dice, but and and, and maybe it'll, and maybe you won't get what you want, but I more often than not, like he has better chances of getting what you want than other other players do. Got that Mario dice block. That's yeah, that funny. Mario I like that analogy, Tom. The, you get like you get like three extra sixes, but you also get like a zero and a negative three. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 yeah, yeah, that's it. It's a Mario Party dice block. That's exactly what it is, yeah. Because yeah. this is your idea, Tom. I'm just putting I the like words it. to it. I like it, yeah, I know, but you helped, yeah. This is, I'm spitting I'm spitting this right now, so um, that's good. <laughs> um, Dana, I wanted to ask you, what is your thoughts on um, Diggs' usage right now? Because he had lots of targets. He had like 10 or 11 targets, only four or five catches for a couple yards, a couple like a drop or two in that past game. What are your thoughts of what's going on with him? His usage is, I'm, uh, well, I I have my own opinion, but I'm curious of yours. Yeah. So let's look at the last couple games um, with uh, the new play caller. Um, 
so I like that the, it seems like there's still a concerted effort to get him the ball, seeing as he's the best wide receiver we have. Uh, and he's been so consistent over, you know, basically his entire career. And Josh loves him. Um, I think this last game, well, the last couple games, the defenses that we've come against have typically doubled him on most plays. There's always safety help over the top. So they're really, really picking their spots to give him a single coverage look, and it's not very often. Um, and then with this pass game against the Chiefs, um, it seemed like our answer uh, for when the defense was giving us, you know, single coverage versus a blitz Um the baked in answer were those digs, little wide receiver bubble screens out to the edge, yep. which, which would have worked beautifully if he had not dropped the ball a couple of times. Right. Even right. if he catches like one out of two, uh, one out of three of the ones that he dropped or whatever, it, it would have been better. So, um, against a blitz like that, getting three or four yards out to the edge is fine. Right. Right. Uh, You'd rather take that than a sack, which, or a drop. So I'm not super concerned with how the offense is looking to continue to get him the ball. Um, I think there have been some untimely drops for Diggs in particular these last couple games, but I'm not super worried about it. Do you guys think that is more a symptom of the Chiefs' coverage and the Chiefs' defense or just an off night for Diggs? Or both? I think the drops were a, a bit of an off night for Diggs. Um, the specific bubble screen answer, I think, was yeah. game plan. Yeah. I didn't know if like there was something the Chiefs were doing to kind of cause more drops or not. Or if, you know, just Stefan's got to bring those down. But... No, I don't think so. Fair I, enough. We did see early on, he, he did catch one. And you could see a, a very huge effort to be physical i don't think i've ever seen Diggs like put his head down put his shoulder into a defender like that it yeah. was early on yeah. and i was like oh okay so this is this is a plan like Diggs has gone into this thinking i'm gonna put my shoulder down and barrel through some guys on these screens so maybe that was in his head maybe he was thinking about after catching the ball um and i don't know maybe they're just concentration drops or something i'm not sure yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find it. I don't think he has – I can't find the stat. He doesn't have many drops this season. It feels like they're in inopportune moments, but he doesn't – like, he's very good with, like, you know, securing the ball. Um, you should find that stat. I, I think it's kind of poor this year. Okay, so maybe I'm incorrect. Yeah. It's possible. All right, I'll keep looking. But um, yeah. I, I do think that it was um, a symptom of the Chiefs game planning against him. Right, game planning to remove him, which opened the door up for James Cook, who looked phenomenal. We should talk about him in a minute. Um, Dalton Kincaid had some nice, really clutch um, catches. Dawson Knox had some first downs. Like it it did open up for um, the options for other players. Um, However, I have a thought of like you see some of these other elite alpha wide receivers in the league, the CD Lambs that were playing this week, the AJ Browns. No matter, they seem to just force the hundred yard games anyway. 
So I'm waiting for Diggs to kind of start doing that again. We he played really. I mean, he was over 100 yards a game earlier in the season, like six, seven games in. It was like he was just he was cooking, and um, it would be nice to see him, despite being game planned out of the game, still just forcing his way into into creating production. However, I do understand that teams are trying to take him away deliberately. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I'm going to go find uh, Diggs drops. Do you guys want to talk about James Cook? Yeah, Dana, I think you should handle this one. What did you think of his play? What, what, how did he get there? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, James Cook is really developing into, I think, one of the top 10 running backs in the league. Um, he has all of the necessary talent, like physical talent. He's continuing to harness his skill throughout the weeks. Um, it seems like he's continuing to perform better and better every game. And um, this offensive uh, staff is is really starting to lean into getting the backs, the ball out of the backfield with short passes and just allowing more yards after catch. Um, you know, he also with a lot of the pre-snap motion that the Bills are running, you get these kind of weird mismatches with either a, you know, the safety doesn't know if they're supposed to take the tight end or the, uh, the back coming out, or if it's the linebackers job. So, um, I think, yeah, it's, it's twofold. He's so good because of his talent and skill and two, um, the scheme has changed quite a bit to have more of an emphasis on getting the backs, the ball. Yeah, and opening things up for him. You're you're right. He's he's looked incredible. Um, it's been fun watching him. Uh, nothing against other Bills backs from past seasons, but I feel I've never felt more confident in uh, Bills running back. I, I'd say like I feel like every time they hand off to him, I'm like okay, he he could get a big chunky run here. And oftentimes in the past, I would say like, all right, well, we're getting <laughs> negative one to two yards. We'll see. Uh, right. Oh yeah, that's been fun to fun to see. He's yeah, shifty, it's cool uh, to see. Yeah. yeah, definitely. He's so shifty. Also, we cannot forget just kind of how elite the offense has been blocking in the past few games. I feel like that gets unnoticed, but um, so they're good. a huge part of that running scheme. Yeah, is that the new new O line guys, McGovern and Torrance, helping out there? Yeah, I think it's partially that, and also our offensive line coach just bringing them all together from um, different schemes. Yeah, and I think that they're in the past they've they've tried to do it all. They've tried to be a good gap scheme run offense, and they tried to be a zone good zone scheme run offense. And this year, it seems like we're just watching them do the plays that they're good at. You know, this swing yeah. tackle thing. You're gonna see Deion Dawkins come out and just take souls. All, all the time, all right. They're like, this is good. He's good at this. Let's keep doing it because it's working. And, yeah. Um, this uh, putting Mitch Morse out in um, in motion as well as a lead blocker. That's been going working really well. Um, I think they're committing to what's working as opposed to trying to do it all and playing the matchups versus of like, hey, oh, this team is not as good at defending this one, so we're going to try this this week. It's like, no, we're just good at this, and we're going to stick with these couple of plays. I'm sure it's more than a couple. I'm sure it's a whole you know, packet of plays. However, it's they're sticking with what they're good at. 
Isn't Mitch Morse Mitch Morse is the center, right? Correct. Oh, I've, I see. I I'm, I don't have the 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 eye for this. I thought he always snapped the ball, but it sounds like he's in motion and blocking. Who snaps the ball when he's doing that? Oh, him. And then he scurries. He's a, he's an athlete, dude. He snaps Jake. the ball and then boom, he's out and around. Uh, Jake, okay. what does the yeah. center do uh, on an NFL team? Snap the ball. Yes. So that's what he does. <laughs> but can, can no one else snap the ball? Aren't you just handing it between your legs? Uh, I mean, that, have you watched any time that any ball. team has a backup center? Have you watched it? It <laughs> no, doesn't go well. Doesn't go well. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. That's that's when that's like he's one of the players of like you. Your butt starts to pucker if your center goes down, and you're like, this isn't gonna be pretty. Oh, damn! Interesting. Yeah, because... just to put it in perspective, Jake, there are two only two players on the offensive side of the ball that always touch the ball for every play. What? two players are they i would guess center and quarterback absolutely so there is the importance of being a center i just i i I thought there was uh it just surprised me when you said he snaps the ball and then like swings out and is a lead blocker i feel like there's there's four to eight tanks of humans on the other side of you ready to smash into you i'm just like how does he have time to back up and like swing around it's if a, you if you see a play where it happens i'm, I'm really curious i'll find you some mitch morris highlights dude he's because he's good at it too he's this yeah. is he is he is one of the best in the league at this being an athletic in motion in space blocking um lineman so i'll find some yeah no he's, he's really good yeah, i, I um that. cannot find this um this stefan dig stat but um that's okay uh, nonetheless D- we'll yeah. continue on Send it to us on our social medias if anyone finds it. Exactly. There we go. We'll get the people involved. Um, anything Jake. else on Bill's – oh, go ahead, Dana. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say one uh, – on those swing plays, let's just say you're Mitch Morse and your your goal for the play is to swing out to the right and run and lead block for uh, the running back. One of the things that uh, allows you to get off of a defensive rusher like a nose tackle is usually the guard on your right will block down to his left and mm. to the nose tackle. And then everyone on on his right continues to block down to their left. So yeah. you get these guys on the right blocking down to the left, and then it allows Mitch or whoever's pulling to run around and and guide the play to the right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Gives them, gives them some space to do it. Makes these sense. guys are freaking ballerinas in motion, dude. It, it's really crazy what these guys can do at, at their size. And, yeah. and with people on the other side, trying to absolutely destroy them who are yeah. just as strong yeah. and just as big as them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is, no. it is impressive and also terrifying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to be there. All right. Are we ready to move on to the, the, this week's matchup? Yeah, who yes. we got coming up? Bills v Cowboys, boys. This is a big matchup. This is this is a this is a big a big one. Um, Bills are coming to uh, sorry, excuse me. The Cowboys are coming to Buffalo, um, four twenty five on Sunday afternoon, and uh, the Cowboys are hot. They're one of the hottest teams in football right now. They've won the last five by uh, what I think by my calculations is approximately a gazillion points, um, and this is a must have it game for the Bills um, if. The Bills win this one and continue. And then we have 
Chargers and Patriots, which who knows with this team, but you've got to think that we could win those ones. Who knows? Those are not guarantees, but who knows? We can set ourselves up for being in contention for the division, which is a yeah. big deal, right? Because we have Miami in week 18. So um, the the Cowboys have locked up a playoff spot. I The Cowboys are leading their division right now. Um, I think, yes, they're a really good team. They're a hungry team. I think the Bills are backed up to a corner, and th- they're going to want it more. So I think that's going to be a big deal for them. But um, let's talk through some of the uh, kind of leading uh, headline stories for this game. Um, the last, well, since week eight, the Cowboys have scored the following points. 43 against the Rams. 23 in a loss against the Eagles. 49 against the Giants. 33 against the Panthers. 45 against the Commanders. 41 against the Seahawks. And 33 against the Eagles. This is going to be a shootout. <laughs> If you're a betting man, take the over because there's going to be a gazillion points in whichever team wins, the Bills or or the Cowboys, it's going to be because they scored 35 or more points. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of points that are going to be needed. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder if it's going to come down to what defense can get a takeaway, right? If it's a shootout like that, those uh, taking care of the ball and getting a turnover – is going to be real important. Really important. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that Cowboys team is really good at taking the ball away. Dan Quinn is like a genius at setting his players up to make plays. Um, and, yeah. and there is there the personnel they have are really good at doing that. Speaking, of, I mean, the big one is number eleven up front, Micah Parsons. The guy is probably one of my favorite defense, like defense defender to watch in the entire NFL. He's just a freak. And he's um, so, so good. Um, I'm going to have to, like, watch my emotions because I'm going to be excited to watch him play, but he's playing against our guys. So, um, <laughs> like, he's just – he's electric. He can line up almost anywhere on the D-line. He'll So, Jake, he will line up in front of Mitch Morse. Then the next play, he'll be on the end against Spencer Brown. And then later in the game, he'll be on the other end against um, Deion Dawkins. And another play, he'll back up into, into coverage. Like, this guy, you're going to see him everywhere on Sunday. Is that uncommon? Like, I'm not trying to oh, yeah. evaluate what you said, but like, so so they're moving around quite a not not every player is moving around like that. They usually have like, okay, you're gonna stand here, buddy, and don't let this guy get past you. Yep. Yeah. Think about gotcha. the Bills players, right? We don't we don't have anybody who does that. We have some players like um, Greg Russo may usually plays outside, but sometimes he lines up inside. Um, but uh, I mean. Shaq Lawson, I guess I've seen him line up once or twice inside. But, like, we don't have many players who move around like that. Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll watch out for uh, Micah. That is a, a big deal. He's, like, a generational talent. Like, wow. going to go down as one of the best to ever play the game. Interesting. Wow, okay. Yeah. I'll keep an eye out for him. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. This is the first time I'm hearing his name. That's okay. No, it's all good. Number 11 um, on the Cowboys on the D-line. You'll see him. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'll look out for him on Sunday. Yeah, he's amazing. It, what makes him so uh, formidable is just the number of ways he can beat you. He can beat you with strength, speed, agility. It doesn't matter. And usually intelligence. what... Intelligence, yep. His, speed, his speed is unreal at his size. That's that's one of the things that makes him elite. But um, yeah. a lot of times what the Cowboys do is move him around in, in different situations to go after specific matchups. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm wondering if they're gonna put him on Spencer's side quite a bit, uh, which I'm kind of scared about. <laughs> yeah, Spencer Brown and Osiris Torrance are gonna have a day. They're yeah. gonna they're gonna they're gonna be worked, and um, I think a big determining factor for how our offense does is what kind of help does Joe Brady scheme up to get um, Osiris Torrance and Spencer Brown help. Um, it's, there's, there's going to be a lot that they do to mitigate Micah Parsons impact on this game. And if you can do that, I think the bill's offense has, I don't know. I think their chances of success go up by 50%. If you can mitigate and slow down Micah Parsons, you're not going to eliminate him. He's going to make a play or two. He's going to, um, but if you can slow him down and try and mitigate his impact on the game, okay, we can start moving, right? So yeah, whether yeah. that's going to be a big deal, it's whether it's um, Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid helping chip blocking, if it's James Cook blocking for his life, um, <laughs> you know, like I think it's going to be a variety of different ways. It's scheming the ball away from Micah Parsons, right? Getting him so he's not involved in that play um, is going to be a big deal. Yeah. Big test for the offensive line for sure. I also think that means the short, quick game is going to be a big, a big, a big factor. I think James Cook gets five plus receptions. I bet the tight ends get each get five plus receptions, um, and we're going to be trying to get the ball out and moving to again remove Micah Parsons' impact on this game. Yeah. You want to shift over to um, what our defense needs to do versus their offense? Uh, yeah. and Dak Prescott yeah. and their offense is coming in pretty um, hot. Maybe yeah. the hottest in the league right now. I think so. I mean, Dak has set himself up. He's in my eyes. He's the leader for the MVP conversation, right? He's wow, he's no dealing. Way. He can't he can't really do any wrong right now. He has given the ball away once in the past six games. Whew. He's playing Holy clean, shit. smart football, but not just dinks and dunks. He is. He's he's taken shots down the field, and his his offensive um, skill position players are are answering the call. And CD Lamb has come alive. And um, at the beginning of the season, when the Cowboys' offense was kind of looking a little bit shaky and you weren't sure what was going on, I was like, "Oh man, what's going to happen with CD? Because he's in a contract year. Is he going to get one of these giant wide receiver contracts? Probably. But now he is. Yeah, he's absolutely going to be up there, maybe breaking the bank and breaking. You know." getting a new a new contract that breaks the new record i I don't know he's gonna be up there with justin jefferson and and, um jamar chase i think agreed um speaking about cd i think taron johnson is gonna this is gonna be a taron johnson game if uh if taron can play how we've seen him play and he absolutely is capable of in playing in the slot cd lamb lines up in the slot quite a bit so that means really close to the line of scrimmage right so he's on either side the right or left of the line of scrimmage the slot wide receiver is the first wide receiver on either side. Usually plays inside the field, doing these things in space, get, cutting across the of the field, quick short throws. CD Lamb is one of the best slot wide receivers out there. He can also play out wide, and he because he's a great wide receiver, he plays other places. But his his bread and butter is playing in that slot wide receiver position, which is a Taron Johnson role. So, Taron. Taryn, buddy, eat your Wheaties. <laughs> do whatever you got to do to come in and and play your life, um, play the game of your life, because uh, this is gonna be a big this is gonna be a big matchup for him. Yeah, night's sleep, buddy. I would assume that McDermott tries not to put our um, our defense in too many one on ones versus him. Um, you got to hope so. 
I'm probably, you know, I'm assuming that there's going to be a lot of zone, but uh, he does like to blitz. So there are going to be those one-on-one moments and you're just going to have to try and mitigate those. They're going to try and attack Tyrell Dodson too, I think. Yeah. Try and get, get CD on Dodson and <laughs> that's like putting me against CD Lamb, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like it's, that's going to be a liability. That's going to be a instant yards. Is Ferguson their tight end? Is that? Yep, Jake Ferguson. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> excuse me. It's not like they have nobody other than CD. Like, they have good other wide receivers and a tight end to go to. So, it's going to be yeah. tough all the way around. It will be. If the um, And you and I were kind of talking before, the, before we recorded. I think this is going to come down to the trenches. If the Bills D-line can get to Dak and affect this game, um, that will help. If the Bills O-line can somehow mitigate Micah Parsons, that will help. So I agree. I think this is going to come down to a a trenches battle, um, which is really going to set the tone and really help. But right now, our our boys are playing, right? That that Bills D-line played really well against the Chiefs. Ed Oliver was affecting that game. Greg Rousseau was in there. A.J. Epinesa, who was unfortunately ruled out, was, you know, had that tip ball and interception against Patrick Mahomes. Um, hopefully, A.J. Epinesa is not going to be a long, long-term um, injury. From the sounds of it, it's going to be a two to three weeks. Our um, our buddy at Banged Up Bills um, is, uh, um, is saying that it's probably not going to be an IR situation, but just a few weeks. Um, so hopefully he's coming back. It's some, something to do with rib cartilage. I don't know. It doesn't sound good. So Ugh, um, that sounds painful. Yeah. yeah. yeah sound sounds painful. Exactly. So not great. We'll see. I um, Kyrie Elam has been uh, has been activated his 21 day window from IR. He had an ankle injury earlier this year. Do you think that he plays this this week? And what kind of impact do you think he might have? Excuse I don't me. think he'll be thrust right into the starting lineup, but I think he will be active. Um, so. Yeah, we'll see. God forbid we have an injury. I think he could see play. Um, you know, a lot of people are still very down on him. I still am holding hope for him. So we'll see. Me too. Me too. I'm holding hope just because we have to. But um, last time we saw him on the field, it wasn't wasn't the best. Um, but yep. it could be just because he's been dealing with this injury too. Hopefully he's fully healed up and he took the time that he needed and he's ready to go. Um. Let's move on to uh, kind of closing out this episode. The, I want to talk quickly about Bill's rooting interests because the Bills being seven and six are in a whole slew. We're in like a log jam here with the rest of the AFC all stuck kind of competing for these wild card spots. Well, I think we're still 10th or 11th in the, in the AFC, but there's five or six teams that are all seven and six. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's also like the Broncos. The, uh, the Jaguars are in there. All these teams that we don't have the, the win over. Uh, so we have, we need some help. We need some help. Um, the boys and I went through today before we um, logged on for our recording to uh, go through and figure out which games we need to go the Bills way. Number one, we need the Bills to win over the Cowboys. That's a duh. <laughs> um, the Raiders win over the Chargers last week was great for the Bills. Um, Vikings over Bengals um, because we can keep the Bengals down. The uh, Steelers um, versus the Colts is kind of a wash. They're both seven and six teams. Um, we do not play them either team this season, so it's kind of a wash. Either way is fine. 
Um, Lions over the Broncos. We need the Broncos to get another loss. Um, the Bears over the Browns. We need the Browns to get another loss. The Titans over the Texans. We need the Texans to get another loss. The Jets over the Dolphins. Let's go Zach Wilson because <laughs> fuck the Dolphins. Um, ready for this? Let's go Pats. Pats over Chiefs. <laughs> I'll say it once. It feels so weird. <laughs> it does feel weird. But, you know, we'll go for it. Also, we want the Chiefs to get a loss and we want the Patriots to get another win so they keep climbing up to a, um, a higher um, draft pick. Uh, Giants over Saints. Commanders over the Rams. That's a strength of schedule kind of win because we played the Commanders and we beat them. So we want them to have a higher uh, win percentage so that our, our win looks better. And Same thing with the Giants, right? Because that's an out-of-conference out of game. Correct, yeah. So that's strength of schedule. As um, For those folks out there kind of following along, the playoff race, you it starts with winning your division. So division leaders get a playoff spot, and then it's wild-card spots. You earn those wild-card spots by your record. However, since there are so many ties and so many teams right here all very close to each other um, – Head-to-head wins are a big deal. So those one, if you your team beat the other team and you have a tied sket, um, tied record, you're going to have the advantage. And then after that, it goes down to um, conference strength, conference wins, and then strength of schedule. So if you have beat more teams that have a that are better, you you have that advantage over the other team. It gets convoluted. It gets a little kind of there are just so many of if this then that if this then that. That's one. <laughs> Uh, that's that's for a, that's for a beer episode, not a coffee yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 but I don't know if you'll need another second cup of coffee for that one. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, thanks so much. This has been really fun. Dana, thanks for hopping along again, bud. It's always good to have you. Always good to hang. It was lovely. Yeah, thanks so much. Anytime you want to call me on, you know, 15 minutes to go, let me know. Put that is the true. Dana, the Dana yeah. signal. He dropped yeah. everything, guys. He dropped everything for you, the listeners, to come on and have a great conversation. This has been fun. Uh, thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for joining us and spending some time with us on this lovely Saturday morning. Hopefully you guys can listen to this before the Bills play the Cowboys tomorrow night. Uh, it would mean a lot to us if you uh, would please share this episode, give it a like, give us a follow. Maybe you have friends who are traveling for the holidays. Send them one so they can tr- listen to it in the car. Um, please follow us on Instagram and X at Let's Go Buff Pod. That is Buff with two Fs. These are my pals, Dana and Jake. Uh, My name is Tom, and you're listening to the Let's Go Buffalo podcast. We're sending you love wherever you are. Go Bills. Go Sabres. Let's go Buffalo. Buffalo.